This is Texas Soccer Radio. Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. Esto es Texas Soccer Radio. This is Texas Soccer Radio. Just in time for No Shave November, we get the return of Fear the Beard to San Antonio. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, whenever the heck you're listening to this show. My name is Kyle Mankey. His name's Larry Weathers. We are back after a little hiatus there, a little postseason recovery. <laughs> I, I guess we could officially call this the first pre-season episode first off-season episode how should we phrase this larry i think first off-season episode i'm just glad everything's on and working because <laughs> i felt lost hitting all the buttons to make this thing come back on after this month off well my uh my ipad's having some trouble here getting me connected to the show it uh says that it's not available in my region there we go all right now we're good i was gonna say it's probably something i did <laughs> I'm back from vacation, but my iPad is still living the island life. Um, it's not man, a bad life to live. Last time we... Yeah, no kidding, man. Um, last time we were here, um, we were talking about the end of San Antonio FC season. Um, did not make the playoffs. Finished ninth place overall in the USL West, which... Of course, is a bummer. Um, so now we're going to look ahead and kind of look forward. So we're going to cover a few little news items that happened while we were away, um, but we're not going to recap everything because you know that's that's not the way the world works. <laughs> Everyone who listens to this probably has a Twitter account and and uh, is caught up for the most part. Um, but we do have some Austin FC news that's kind of exciting. We have. Uh, welcome back from Harry. Hey, Harry. Welcome back to, to hanging out. Um, we've got some signing news um, from San Antonio FC and from Austin Bold um, and a couple other USL teams of interest. And we've got some drama going on with other markets trying to get teams. Um, and then we've got uh, the U.S. men's national team heading over to London to... Uh, <laughs> do their best <laughs> we'll say it there so we've got a lot to talk about this week um where do you want to pick it up from um let's 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 start with right here in san antonio how's that for solid a plan choice solid choice you want to talk about the signings that have been announced so far we've had two um our first announced player returning for the 2019 season is pekka um so we managed to lock up one of our best defensive midfielders out there um which is important i'm, I'm gonna skip ahead a little bit here it's important because <laughs> mikey lopez has been announced as not returning to san antonio yeah. fc uh birmingham legion made an announcement that they'd signed him so we got one half of that duo back there in the middle for defense yeah yeah, I, I thought it was interesting to have the first signing out of the gate be Pekka. Um, he's a really solid defensive midfielder, but uh, he was kind of in a rotation this year, it seemed like. So um, we've seen all three years of San Antonio FC that number six midfielder role be vital. In like, uh, it's, it's weird to say, but it almost feels like if that position is – 
succeeding, then the team as a whole is going to succeed. And um, maybe that's a little too simplistic, but it's definitely been a common thread in a lot of the stuff we've seen. Oh yeah, definitely for sure. And I mean, I think Peck is is a solid first signing. Like I can't complain. Um, He's done very well for the team. And although there's some probably flashier signings that I would have liked to have heard already, um, I will, I will take Pekka out of the gate to start there. Um, Our next one, as Kyle mentioned at the beginning of the show is no shave. November is alive and well, (laughs) Matt Cardoni is returning to San Antonio FC to I'm assuming anchor our goalkeeper position. Yeah, it seems pretty unlikely that he would re-sign um, if he didn't think that he would at least um, be given the chance to start, uh, to, to earn that starting role. The way it was phrased in the release, I kind of chuckled because it's like I could hear it in Darren Powell's voice, um, was that he would uh, be given the opportunity to compete for that starting spot. But um, I, I really have a hard time believing Diego Restrepo is going to be back. Um, so unless they bring in another high caliber keeper to compete with Cardoni, um, I think it will probably be him taking that one spot. It's been interesting to see how much social media push they've, they've been putting out since, uh, Cardoni was announced. So yeah, I, I feel like they're already leaning towards him being in the starting role. I don't know if they would have been featuring him as much as they have social media wise, if that yeah. was, wasn't the case, like he's, he's getting a pretty big push, uh, media wise for this team. So I don't know. It's... I mean, he's his story, like on the field, he's a solid keeper for USL championship. Um, Absolutely. it's, you know, you can't ask for much better uh, on the field from Cardoni. Um, outside of that, his story is exactly what you're looking for. It's a kid who has played soccer in San Antonio since he was a kid um, and played for the previous team and the Scorpions played uh, since he was one of the first players announced for this team. And so that's exactly the story you want um, as long as he's still succeeding on the field. So um and you know very 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 quiet guy um when it comes to talking to the media and stuff but um in the times that he has he he seems like a good dude and and someone that's not going to get into trouble or cause friction in the locker room or anything like that so um you know just win-win for both sides i think between cardoni and the club yeah and i we We'd be remiss if we didn't mention the only other the only other goalkeeper we had on the team this year, um, at least at the end of the season, was Armando Quezada, um, which he was a midseason signing out of UC Davis, coming out of college there, basically. So it's not like Cardoni has a whole. T- I, I I don't see Restrepo coming back. Period. No. And you know Quezada is still pretty green, and then we haven't even really seen him play. So outside of getting glimpses of him at training. There was a I don't really know what he's got. So there's a video online that he was featured in. It was not through San Antonio FC. It was for uh, a private company. I can't remember the name of it now, but um, he was training in his SAFC gear. <laughs> but oh, okay. um, he he kind of mentioned that he went to try to find a team in Mexico and, and it didn't work out. And he you know was really struggling to to find a place to play and then found San Antonio FC. So um, it would be neat to see him back. He's seen, he's, 
he's never played professionally as far as I know. I think this past season was his first pro season. Um, so it, it would be great to have some young talent behind Cardoni because Cardoni's not ancient, but, um, you know, it's always good to bring it up. And especially with Lee Johnston gone, um, I think that was a huge bummer to see him leave. But Well, and let's be honest, we don't have the best record of having a uh, starting goalie <laughs> last for the entirety of a season. Very um, true. Cardoni's been victim of that himself. So, uh, yeah, it's gone all over the place. It's So we need some solid, solid uh, second and third string goalkeeper players to uh, hopefully be on the bench, but... You never know with the way things seem to work out in yeah. goal for us. Yeah, you never know. Um, two, two retirees that I do want to talk about. But before we do, um, Maximiliano brings up a good point. And he says on chat here, if he isn't going to an MLS team, why couldn't we re-sign Mikey, Mikey Lopez? Um, we don't know the, the details. Um, I will do my best to reach out and try and get some specifics. But... Um, we don't know if San Antonio tried to re-sign him. We don't know, um, you know, what the offers were like. Birmingham, um, they are starting up in their first year, and they seem like the kind of franchise that wants to come out of the gate strong. Um, and I think Mikey Lopez helps enable that for sure. But um, it's it's an interesting thing to see this locker room develop and see who sticks around because – um, you look at guys like, uh, and I'm, I'm going to leave a ton of people out, but just from the top of my head, guys like Matt Cardoni, uh, Greg Cochran, um, guys who kind of show up and put in the work and, um, you know, don't necessarily give us a ton to play with outside of, outside of the game. Um, they're, they're kind of quiet with the media and all that stuff so that kind of goes along with the whole Spurs organization it seems like so uh, all of that to say Mikey Lopez has a ton of personality and and he was super fun to cover so I'm I'm curious if that has anything to do with it or or what but I'm gonna miss him for sure I've got another conspiracy theory here bring it that's what we do here no facts so what if with Mikey goes the NYCFC affiliation that SAFC has currently to a newly new, newly joining the league team with Birmingham possibly becoming a closer located affiliate to that team yeah it could be and there's also a lot of talk about a USL league one team popping up in New York City um, and you know obviously that always comes down to location uh, right. Part of why NYCFC is still playing in Yankee Stadium, but um, yeah, I mean that that partnership it, it seems like one that um, the MLS side is obligated to do, <laughs> and so um, I, I'm curious if that gets extended too. I haven't heard anything one way or the other. Well, and you know, it, it's it seemed at least from what we've been able to look at that it's mainly a front office affiliation. Obviously, we haven't seen a whole lot of player movement between SAFC and NYCFC. So, I mean, if you were going to make that move towards a more traditional affiliation, having a team that's located closer to you would be beneficial for that role, at least. You know, yeah, you it would make more sense than San Antonio. And if San Antonio, I don't want to say it doesn't go anywhere with MLS, then maybe you see NYCFC start pulling back and 
moving closer to home there. Yeah, or you see San Antonio pulling back because San Antonio is not obligated to have an MLS affiliate. Um, It can give you a competitive advantage if you're close enough to loan players down and all that stuff, but um, I I don't know what what advantage being affiliated with NYCFC has for San Antonio FC um, frequently compared to just reaching out to other clubs and trying to get loans there yep agreed um we'll talk about more players that have left and all that but first let's get to cochran and mccarthy um our two retirees um what do you think about this well they're not i wasn't expecting these two to be the first one that's for sure i was expecting the ryan rishindel announcement that he was retiring and joining on as a coach of some sort with the academy or the team i was gonna say don't you bury rafa castillo i do that every year and i'm always wrong (laughs) no i was not gonna go the rafa route i i was i'm honestly been waiting for the ryan rishindel one and i feel like it's probably still coming down the line here um unless once again they want to keep him around as senior team leadership in the locker room um maybe moving away from an on the field role so much but more just anchoring the team but yeah Cochran and McCarthy they hurt Jesus they hurt and with those two leaving and we lost Ibiaga at the end of last season it's gonna be a whole new defense for this team going into 2019 now like there there's not much left at this point it's good that they'll have Cardoni and Pekka back um as weird as it is for you know your your marquee first announcement of the year to be a defensive midfielder. Um, we've seen that be a position that players struggle to get the, to grasp um, in this system. And so to have a defensive midfielder that's familiar with that and a goalkeeper that's obviously familiar with everything um, that, that is a good first step, but uh, it's going to be real interesting to see who, fills in the rest of that back line i hope we see darnell king back but um no announcements yet nothing nothing guaranteed yet so i mean based on what we saw at the at least in the second half of the season um with darnell the whole season darnell and and cyprian have to be both be priorities to re-sign if you want to try and keep some semblance of the team we've seen in the back in the past year well, that's the question. Do we want to see a semblance of the team that we had last year? I um, want to see more Darnell King. That's for damn sure. Yeah. No I, way around that. I definitely think it solidified toward the end defensively, but um, for big stretches of the year there, it was kind of tough going. <laughs> and, um, it'll be real interesting to see who they get to fill in there. Obviously, we didn't see a whole lot of McCarthy this season, so he was – absent for a good portion of the season but greg man that's a huge blow somebody that the whole team can count on to be there week in and week out um obviously he's the iron man for a reason with his yeah games played record with the team and everything else minutes played record with the team yeah it's just it's going to be unbelievable not to see him on the field going into this next season yeah, Harry says in the chat, it's a new team, and it I is. It probably will be. Uh, Maximiliano says, Greg made me cry. Me too, man. I, <laughs> I've tried to not really play favorites too hard, um, especially since I was doing the writing side of it too. 
Um, but I'll just say Greg Cochran was probably my favorite SAFC player um, over the last few years. Just, you know, it, it's hard to not like the guy um, on the field and from what I've seen off it. So I'm super bummed that he's not going to be around, but I get it. Um, and Maximiliano also says, we don't need any affiliation, maybe a Liga Emeki's team. <laughs> um, I wouldn't hate it, honestly. Uh, I wonder what the rules would be with that. Like, I don't know. Have an official relationship with the Liga Emeki's team? An officially unofficial relationship? <laughs> right. Yeah. Aren't they? Wait, aren't don't we have Liga teams playing at Toyota Field Us, this weekend? Man, I think we do. I... Yeah, I don't pay as close attention to that stuff as I should. But, um, yeah, I think we do have a Liga Mekis match this weekend in Toyota Field. Or two teams from Liga Mekis. Right. Um, the other official departure that we got from the 2018 squad, um, Sonny Guadarrama. Mm-hmm. Um, coming into 2018, I thought he was going to be the game changer. Um, I thought him and Ever Guzman together were just going to change the league entirely and, you know, blow the walls down and everything. Well, the preseason Uh, sure made it seem that way. Like they looked amazing as a pairing going, going to the preseason. Yeah, they really did. Um, unfortunately that never really developed into much during the season. So, um, it's a bummer to see him go. Um, just cause we knew what potential was there. Um, but it's not a big surprise. He's an Austin native. There's an Austin team. He wasn't getting consistent minutes with San Antonio. So not a huge surprise to see him go up North. And we, you know, we actually forgot one on this list. Um, it wasn't an official I'm done and gone, but Charlie Ward did allude to the fact that he was potentially moving on from the team early in the off season as well. And I think that was after our last episode. So I'm, yeah. I'm not sure if we're going to see Charlie Ward back on the field for SAFC this next year either. I always get a little conflicted with some of those social media posts because it's like a mixture of thank you, San Antonio fans versus thank you san antonio i'm out of here you know what i mean like it's it's hard to read in between those lines um but yeah he did have one of those posts and and we'll see what happens but yeah not a whole whole lot known otherwise about this team and what's going to happen lots of social media silence um from players individually um I, I was really hoping we'd get another player announcement today when we decided to, you know, officially do a podcast tonight. Right. Um, I was, I was waiting to see that announcement go up, but nothing, nothing there. So who knows when our next player announcement's going to be um, at this point, it seems like players getting signed with other teams are getting announced more frequently at this point. Yeah. It's frustrating that that's how you find out if players are, leaving or coming back is when you see them sign for other teams but um that's just kind of the name of the game with usl usl championship as i should say i want lance back too harry that was the flashy signing that i was alluding to i was really hoping we'd see a early announcement for that we'd re-signed lance lang um we did hear some news through cincy this week that 
they were only planning to bring up somewhere between eight and 10 players uh, from the USL level to MLS. So um, he was on loan to us from FC Cincinnati. I'm assuming he's not going to be one of those eight to 10 players. Yeah. I'm guessing they're going to bring players that were on that active squad for their last run here through the playoffs in USL. Yeah, it certainly, certainly seems like it. I, I would think that Lang is available. Um, I, I would love to get him back. And he seemed like he wanted to be in San Antonio um, toward the end of the season. It certainly seemed like he enjoyed his time there. Um, that would be phenomenal. <laughs> like, like you said it, flashy. That would be a very flashy signing to get back for sure. Man, there's so many signings I want to see still. So many signings. But we also don't – I feel like, once again, we don't know what the identity of this team is going to be going into 2019. We know we're going to have some sort of revamped back line. Will we see a revamping up towards the front as well? Remains to be seen at this point. I am interested to see um, what Austin Bold looks like because um, they've signed, I believe, 10 players so far. Um, including Sonny Guadarrama and most recently Chris Tierpak. Um, yeah. So they got two of the Austin natives on the squad from San Antonio FC from last year. Um, another Austin native to keep your eye on, Connor Presley. Um, we don't know what his status with San Antonio is, um, but if Bold is looking to sign Austin natives, then uh, Presley could be one that they gun for. It wouldn't surprise me. There were several names, you know, going into this offseason, I think there were several names that wouldn't surprise us getting signed in Austin. Yeah. Sonny was one. Tierpak was another. Yeah. Presley's another one on top of that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'd like to see Presley back. I like him in our uniform. Yeah. I like his play on the field. I think he's important to the team. But being able to play in your home city – that's a big selling point sometimes. Yeah. Um, I thought Connor took a huge jump from 17 to 18. Um, Absolutely. He looked like he got bigger size-wise and was much more physical and just seemed more confident when he was playing. And um, you'd love to have that back in a, a young player. I think he's only like 20, like 19 or 20. Yeah. <laughs> um, and obviously you hope Ethan Bryant is back. I don't think he would be going to Austin. I, I would assume that he would be in San Antonio if anywhere, um, partially just because of his age, but you never know, I guess. Um, other than that, the only other San Antonio ish player that I saw was Michael Reed will be back with Nashville for <laughs> at least one more year. Um, I wrote that in on my list over here as well. <laughs> I did. Oh, you mentioned Ryan Rochandel. Um, one thing about him I think is interesting. I was wondering if he was going to get the spot um, vacated by Andy Thompson when mm. uh, Thompson left for um, his new new club, which I can't remember the name of now, uh, up in Austin. But um, that went to Alan Marcina. Uh, who's right. going to be working with the first team now, which is really cool. And just to squash this debate real quick, unless you completely disagree with me, 
one of the things I've seen pop up was kind of a coach in waiting type thing, or, you know, if uh, Powell can't get it done, you've got Marcina right behind him who won the championship in um, 14. And I, that is I not don't see the that case. <laughs> no. Anyway, from, from, Everything I've seen, everything I've heard, that is the farthest thing from, <laughs> you know. Um, Marcina's a great, a great signing to come back from the coaching sure. staff. Um, he'll fill the, that hole on our, our coaching staff extremely well. But, yeah, I don't, I don't agree with that. There's no way that's yeah. what, what's going on here. You look at what Darren Powell's done in the three years, and the first year he finished ninth after having half of a preseason to build a team. Um, I don't think anyone expected him to do even that well. Um, the next year you finished second in the Western Conference regular season. Uh, and then this year you finished ninth despite a ton of injuries and kind of an inconsistent squad. So I don't think Powell is in the hot seat by any means. <laughs> I, I think that Powell has as many years left as he wants. I think I'll... S- I'll stick with what I said. If if this next season just flat out tanks, then he's in trouble. I don't think so, man. I I think I think a lot of places would be thrilled with um being in the hunt, which San Antonio FC has been for its entire existence. Um really if you go all the way back to the Scorpions, I know this is a totally different organization, but as a market, San Antonio has been in the hunt since 2014 with the exception of 2015, um, which we'll just ignore as a dead season. <laughs> but um, it, it's very Spursian. Like we've, we've gotten so used to seeing the San Antonio teams win um, that, you know, I think the expectations are, are pretty high, but I don't know. I, anyway, sorry, that's a rabbit hole. I didn't mean to go down. Ryan Rochandel is what I was trying to talk about. Um, I see him staying on as a player, but also helping out as a coach like he was towards the end of the year in 2018. Because uh, there were times when he wasn't playing that he would be sitting in the front row with the, the coaching staff. And it seems like a solid person to have around. Absolutely. Lots of experience to help out there. So Sorry, yeah. that was a random ass rabbit hole I got down. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> okay, Harry, hold on. I don't think it's a slow start. Like, I don't think a slow start's gonna gonna get Powell out. It's gonna be like end of the season, complete tanking, not make the playoffs, end up in you know twelfth or lower or something like that. That's that's what it's gonna take. If we finish ninth again next season, which I absolutely don't want, I want us in the playoffs, I'd still think he'd be safe at that point. Yeah. Um, I think just as an example, if you want to look at – ooh, I need to double-check this. I'm not sure how much control they have over this. But I was going to say, if you look at the Rampage right now and their record (laughs) – I but now that I'm saying that I'm not sure that the Spurs have control over the the coach in that situation that might be St. Louis but um no I I think fans have a very short memory and that's part of fandom is that fire burns very very hot um San Antonio FC was one of the best teams in the league in 2017 uh, in 2018, competitive for most of it, but uh, definitely a frustrating season. Um, I, I really think that 
a lot of places would kill to have the success that SAFC has had over the last three years cumulatively. I, I'd agree with that. I'd, yeah. They've done well. They're not, they could be a much, much, much worse. <laughs> God, <laughs> You're welcome to worse. disagree with me. Sorry. I'm not trying to beat you. In no, 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 no. You're not. But... You're not. Things could be much worse than they are, you know, finishing right on the edge of playoffs two years and making it in the playoffs and advancing through a round or two. Um, you yeah. can't complain about that. I'd still like us. I'd still like to see us take that next step. That's what oh, I'm, for sure. I want to see the next step. Um, making the playoffs shouldn't be the goal anymore. It, it should be the first step, but um, you know, we, we want some playoff success in San Antonio. That's what we're used to. The, the goal of playoffs needs to be hosting games yeah. in San Antonio like, at, as a starting point. So, I mean, well, finish top four in the season, host some games, and, you know, go from there. I don't have the stats up in front of me, but I'm pretty sure San Antonio finished second in the West in attendance um, for the regular season. Uh, and you have to get your team in front of that if you can. We've had players tell us all since the Scorpions days, like Toyota Field is a bitch to play at because the yep. fans are right on top of you. Um, if Bob is in the stands, then there's a chance that they will literally be on top of you because he'll go flipping over the, the rail <laughs> over ten. Um, but gotta watch those corner kicks. <laughs> um, yeah, I agree, man. You top four has to be the goal. I I'm not saying like Powell has to get top four or he's out, but um, really that that has to has to start happening here soon. You I, I'm I'm sad. I don't want to say I'm satisfied with losing because that's not what it is. I'm satisfied as long as we're making smart and good decisions. Yeah, because I'm. I mean, I think I've made it pretty well known. I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. I've been dealing with <laughs> bad play and bad decisions on and off the field for many years now, and I'm still sticking around with them despite the many reasons I shouldn't. Um, <laughs> I'll take good decision-making. I will. And we've made good decisions so far. We really have for the most part. A few things here and there, but overall good decisions. Well, I think it's interesting going from 2017, we were kind of complaining about, oh my God, so many draws, all the draws. And then in 2018, it was a complete roller coaster where you don't have any draws for the majority of the season. And um when draws in the second half of the season will get you into the playoffs holy yeah, crap <laughs> different different story so i think it's kind of interesting to see how the fan base reacts to that the the two kind of the one very very defensive minded team that's getting a lot of draws and the um inconsistently resulting team that uh is exciting is <laughs> a word for it Oh man. Um, anything else San Antonio FC related before we move on to some of this other stuff? San Antonio FC. Do I have anything on this list that's San Antonio? No, I don't think I do. Man. I think we're good to keep on moving along here. Did we just do 35 minutes of San Antonio FC in the off season? What is the this, hell? Is this like the season preview here? What do we do? <laughs> this is what happens when we take a month off. We're just going to keep repeating this episode for the next three months. So <laughs> buckle up, everybody. Oh, um, um, 
let's move on to uh, some other markets here. Um, do you want to talk about Miami? Speaking of the Miami Dolphins. Miami Miami might be getting an MLS team. <laughs> <laughs> shows we've done before. <laughs> um, yeah, no. They, so, so the uh, bid was put to a vote on the November 6th elections down in Miami um, for approval to proceed with modifying the laws down there to grant the city authorization to enter into a one-sided deal with MLS basically and not put it to an open bidding process. Um, So that passed, that passed with flying colors, giving them that permission. Um, However, the bid still has to get commissioner or city commissioner approval down there. And going into this situation, they had three of five votes and they need four to approve it. Um, One of the two remaining votes that's a no currently is uh, the representative for the area where the stadium would be going into. Oh, so goodness. I don't know if he's going to flip-flop. We'll see. Um, and I don't know. I haven't heard a date when the commissioner approval, like when they're going to sit down and have this commissioner vote to say if it's going through or not. Um, but it was a victory for the most part. I mean, it passed with pretty much flying colors down there. And con- compared to what ended up happening out in San Diego with their vote. Yeah. It was a win all day long. Yeah. Um, it. I just can't see Miami failing after all this. I know it's still very much possible, <laughs> but I, I just can't see it happening. Um, the, the league wants it so badly, and it seems like the market overall wants it. It's just finding yeah. a place to put the damn thing. I mean, the place is there, and it just needs to not be Overton. The Overton site needs to go away and move along. So I I hope it goes through. And if it does, I'm going to do my damnedest to be down there on opening day of that stadium for the very first game. Hell yeah, man. That'd be fun. In my Miami jersey all day long. (laughs) I want want that kit so bad. I'd go with you. If, well, I mean, we've got being pink. I'm down. It's. Yeah, I think they're they're primed. If they get this all approved, they're primed for. I think it's 2021 or 2022 to enter. So, we got a few years to make that trip happen. So it's a definite possibility. A uh, little tease here, but if they entered in in 2021, that would balance out pretty perfectly with another team coming in in an opposite conference. Um, but before we get to that. <laughs> um, I I need to be there for Miami. I was there for uh, Orlando City on their first home match. I was in Orlando, and it worked out okay. Not so much this season, but <laughs> they, <laughs> they've uh, got a pretty stadium. <laughs> um, so in San Diego, <laughs> doesn't look like they're going to get a pretty stadium anytime soon. No, uh, they they. 70% of the vote was a no there. Brutal, man. I I don't... Now, full disclosure, I haven't read this specific updated version and all of that, but all of the previous versions that they've tried to push through, it's very clearly a land grab for non-soccer-related things. They They want to put a soccer stadium there, but they also want to develop the rest of it into... Uh, retail and condos and all sorts of stuff that they can make a shit ton of money off of and not have to pay the city for like basically. Um, 
and California of all places, that's the last place where you're going to get a tax payer funded stadium in 2018. Um, so I, I can't say I'm too surprised. California and Miami, the two places you're least likely to get taxpayer approval yeah, thanks, on Jeff any Gloria. sort. Of- um, kind of weird how baseball screwed over miami's soccer stadium but anyway well somebody is getting that land there's still a small 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 chance that there is a stadium or is a place for an mls team in san diego to play um san diego state university got enough of the vote to approve their deal to um, develop that land and even though Soccer City and the SDSUS bids have been completely opposing, I guess there's always that small chance that they could work it out and make a stadium work. But it really seems doubtful right now at the moment. Yeah, I just don't see any reason the school would have to do that. Um, I'm sure that they would make some revenue off of it, but you would think that they would also be hosting – uh, games and events on Saturdays when an MLS game would be right. Uh, I, I just don't see that. Don't see what incentive they have for that. Um, what if they gave San Diego a team and then moved it to LA? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, How many more teams can we move to LA across <laughs> sports? Um, there was a game that we haven't talked about. Um, that I guess we should mention uh, happened. Louisville, Louisville took out Drogba and the if, Phoenix. If I didn't see it, did it happen? I, just, <laughs> I didn't watch it. Oh, I didn't. I had other things going on. I didn't watch it. I don't see any reason to break this game down um, by any means, but uh, Louisville is the final champion of USL before the league rebrands to USL championship. Um, taking down Phoenix Rising, Drogba may or may not have retired. I, saw... I think that's the biggest news out of this. It was going <laughs> into that game was it's the final game for Didier Drogba. And then the next day he posted his – got on social media and basically made a post that he wasn't going anywhere. So is that not going anywhere as an owner or not going anywhere as a player? There was no real clarification. We'll find out come 2019. <laughs> Are we back on Drogba Watch? We're back. I feel like we are. I can't. It's you can't retire before we get a game here in San Antonio where he actually shows up. Oh my God, there's. I can't see him playing in another away match like the rest of his life. Um, yeah. That, Can we heckle he, Sam into making Didier play here in San Antonio? Please. Now I'm pretty sure Sam is sick of us. Sick of me anyway. <laughs> um. Going back to something I said earlier about Miami coming in 2021, uh, shifting it back to MLS talk for just a second. Um, Mickey Turner, um, the best soccer lawyer that I know of, (laughs) um, kind of found a little nugget in a Forbes article um, that dropped that – Austin FC, the target per Don Garber per Forbes is that Austin FC's target uh, year is 2021, not 2019 as they um, initially planned and initially pitched to the city. So what do you think about this delay? What do you think about the whole 
situation. I mean, it's been a while since we've been able to talk about it. I mean, the delay makes sense. Pushing for tw- for 2019 was always a stretch. Um, considering they're not supposed to sign off on the terms sheet until sometime in December. And December is when you would get begin to get some of the schedule announcements for MLS. Um, they can't really 100% schedule those games until you know that the term sheet's signed. Um, they don't even have a place to play so far in 2019 for Austin FC. So 2021 seems a little bit more realistic. Um, unfortunately for Austin, we talked about this before, that also opens up the door for more scrutiny of the term sheet uh, potentially going forward because the time restriction is off the table. You're also talking about potential of a lot of city council turnover and potential mayoral turnover. And that puts a lot up in the air, honestly. Um, Adler won his spot back for mayor again this in this election. Um, a couple of the other spots, um, they had some turnover, but they were for pe- people that moved in that are were supporting the same way voting. So there wasn't a whole lot of change in the city as far as the votes go on city council there in Austin. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, one of the biggest things about this whole situation was we're trying to get here for 2019. MLS needs an answer. MLS needs an answer. MLS needs an answer. And then now it's 2021 suddenly, and you have all the time in the world to sit there and look at this term sheet and (laughs) say, you know, now we don't have this time crunch. Let's renegotiate a little bit. Yeah, I I don't love how it's all gone down. Um, I'm glad that the crew is saved. I'm glad that they are going to continue to be what they are in Columbus with a new owner. Um, I've kind of, this is a tangent, but I've kind of become a Brown, Browns fan over the last couple <laughs> seasons. Um, so I'm happy that, you know, they're expanding into Columbus there with the soccer side of it. But um well, there's only so many places where you, you feel like you've won the Super Bowl when you get one win. So, I mean, it's very satisfying very quick I just in, love it in Cleveland. Mayfield, man. I know my, my man crush time with Aaron Rodgers is coming to an end, so I'm going to have to replace him with somebody. Maybe it'll be Baker Mayfield. Um, Baker Mayfield and Nick Chubb. Don't talk about Chubb. It hurts. Um, that's weird to say. We're talking about fantasy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, but with Austin FC, it, it kind of rubs me the wrong way. Um, sorry, thinking about Nick Chubb still. <laughs> talking about rubbing. Um, it rubs me the wrong way because um, part of all of this was a big rush to get it done right. and a rush to you know, push it through because we've already got an extension from the league for this date and we got one last extension, but that's it. And it just felt like, um, it felt like they were pressuring them. They kind of were pressuring the city council, uh, into getting it done so that they could play for 2019. And now that that's out the window, it's pretty disappointing, um, to see kind of the the campaign for that but also disappointing from a fan side um because it builds up a lot of hype and they really push the mls to atx stuff um and then the supporters group as well the austin anthem supporters group um was pushing everything and now that it's on hold for 
at least two, two years. years. <laughs> yeah, that's that's that sucks, man. <laughs> like, I feel like that, that supporters group's gonna get restless. Like you're just gonna be sitting around for two years waiting for something to happen. Yeah, uh, I mean, I I don't know if they. You know, I, I assume that they did want to start in 2019, that that wasn't a big political stunt or anything like that. I, I see no reason for why they wouldn't have wanted to get off the ground in 2019, but it's just disappointing to have so much push for a political thing and then, all right, put it on hold for a couple of years and we'll see you in 2021. It's disappointing for sure, especially with some of the disappointments with Austin Bold um and how they've done things which i'm pulling for them to to get back on the rails but um it's it's been a little bit of a mess so far back on track if you will <laughs> oh I'm god sorry i'm so bad it's okay somebody's got to make those jokes it's okay <laughs> it may as well be you um yeah no it's we we've basically just secured ourselves two more years of every other week going so about austin (laughs) at least we'll have the bold to talk about so there will be usl action in austin that we will um be talking about here for the foreseeable future unless we hear otherwise about that team yeah i mean it's good that austin will have professional soccer for two years um well if you think of coda as being in austin um but oh God, it, here we go again. Frustrate. Yeah, I'm not going to go down <laughs> that path. But uh, Joel says Austin needs to run as far away from pre-court as possible. I don't think that's possible yeah. at all. Um, if they want MLS, I think pre-court's the only way it happens at this point, um, at least for the foreseeable future. Um, all that being said, I, I really do think San Antonio can still get into MLS. I think it will be a longer path than anyone intended. Um, but MLS is never going to stop expanding. <laughs> like They're, they're going to get up to 40 teams and figure out two divisions and, and all that garbage. They're never going to not take money because that league is not in a position to turn down a $200 million expansion fee or you know, crank it up each time to 300 or 400 million. They're yeah. not going to turn that down. So I think it's we're going to get money. as many teams as they want. Yeah. Easy, easy money. Um, so Jamie asked on Twitter what the latest on MLS coming to Austin in 2020 or 2021. Yeah, everything points to 2021 based on that Forbes article that uh, Mickey Turner pointed out. Um. um Harry asks, what about spot number 27? This has to upset the expansion list. Yeah, it's going to upset the expansion list of both if Austin and Columbus works out the way it looks like it's working out now and how they're saying it's going to work out. Yeah, it's going to upset the expansion list. Somebody, There's going to be some unhappy cities. The question is, what do they do with it? Do they band together, um, throw down some lawsuits with MLS and and go to town and potentially delay this expansion debacle even longer um, while also simultaneously possibly taking themselves out of the running by suing the league that they'd be wanting to join. Um, We call that the the judge wolf move. Oh God. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Yeah. It's going to get messy. Expansion's getting messier and messier by the minute. And this Austin's Columbus situation isn't, isn't helping clean up that mess at all, even though it's filling a spot. 
Well, I think you can throw out that whole list that we had at the beginning. Well, really this time last year, um, the, the whole list of Tampa, San Antonio, Detroit, Sacramento, um, all that's gone. We're, we're back to zero. I, I truly believe, um, that being said, I think a few markets do have an inside track, uh, Austin being one Phoenix being another. Um, and then you've got Cincinnati coming in next year, Nashville for sure coming in, um, two years from now or next year, however you want to phrase it, uh, 2020. So I'd like to say San Antonio is on that list, but I don't know that we are at this point. Yeah. I, yeah. I just can't see it as long as Austin's on track. Um, but yeah, I, I think as far as the expansion list goes, it's gone. Like we're, we're yeah. back to square one uh, as far as applications and all that. So um, I, I really believe Phoenix has an inside track with their ownership and uh, with San Diego falling apart. If they want more of a footprint in that southern uh, corner, that southwest corner of the United States, um, Phoenix is where it's at. And yep. it's the biggest market that MLS isn't in yet uh, as far as having all the other major sports. So it makes sense. Phoenix makes sense. Um, I didn't catch who that question was from, but they asked if we thought Miami or if Austin would be the next Miami with pushing their date <laughs> further and further and further back. I think it already is. <laughs> I mean, it is, but I mean, really the answer is check back in December. If the term sheet gets signed <laughs> off on, then there's no reason for 2021 to get moved any further, any further back than it already has been. Um, That'll be the end of it. If they decide to, for some reason, readdress the term sheet and renegotiate it, well then, yeah, then we're in that boat all day long. Um, And we could be looking at lengthy negotiations if they decide to go that route. But I don't know when the, when that city council meeting is in December if that's where they'll be doing the signing or if it'll be at some sort of somewhere else behind closed doors. Um, well, the other just, thing is that yeah. once it's signed, it's open to lawsuits and, yeah. and there've been a few different indications that it's going to be challenged legally. Um, so it's the new Miami in a sense that it's a market that's going to get a team. We just don't for sure know when, um, but it's also the new Miami in that it's getting a team and the league wants to be there and there's an ownership group now and land, which Miami doesn't have. Right. Uh, well, I guess they're kind of in the same boat there, but uh, yeah, I think Austin's the new Miami, but I don't think it's quite as bad. I don't think we're going to be waiting seven or eight years, uh, whatever Miami's oh, no. going on at this point. It'll be, I think 2021's in a legitimate target date. I feel like that has the buffer built into it. Like maybe they could have targeted 2020, but they're going to say 2021 in case like they're learning, they're learning from Miami. If they can give themselves the entirety of 2020 to devote to construction of this stadium, I think they can get it done. If they can, if they can resolve any issues in the year of 2019, then they should be in good shape. Yeah. Well, we do have a couple other things to talk about. Um, Forbes released their most valuable MLS teams list and where the values are. No huge surprise here, but um, FC Dallas and Houston Dynamo are towards the bottom. Um, Surprise, surprise. (laughs) And really, it's just such a reality check to see this list. Um, 
and just how relatively little these clubs are worth when you look at the NBA and the NFL and it's just a gulf between the uh, traditional popular sports in North America and MLS. Um, yeah. Jesus, like the 17 through 23 spots, which is from FC Dallas down to Colorado, um, they're worth less than the expansion fee. Yeah. Yeah. And that's an issue right there. Before we get into that, Joel says, but we're getting an Ikea. How can Garber ignore that? <laughs> have, have you driven past that Ikea? It's big enough to be the stadium. Yeah. I, I drive by it every time I'm going to Toyota Field. Oh my God. It's monstrous. <sighs> yeah. Um, to your point though, with their values being less than the expansion fee, that's going to become a big fucking issue. <laughs> and, um, I think that is the only thing that could slow down expansion is when owners sit back and go, wait a minute, or potential owners, uh, sit back and look at that. And, uh, you know, it's a it's a long play when it comes to buying an MLS and buying into soccer in North America. It's not valuable right now. Most right. clubs are losing money. Um, it is interesting to look at some of the top spenders because you've got, in my opinion, exactly who you would expect other than Orlando. Um, yeah, Atlanta galaxy sounders lafc toronto yeah these are all the teams that i expect to be paying spending big money on players yeah and especially knowing who they have yeah it's interesting knowing nycfc is number seven um and they don't even have a stadium Uh, i wonder Mm. if that value is considering yankee stadium as part of their valuation but it's interesting Um, I wonder if that's just not calculated in there. I just, I don't see, I don't see what hope FC Dallas fans and Houston Dynamo fans can have to compete in the modern league uh, at this point. And I know that MLS does probably more than any other league to, to ensure parity between the teams, but um if you're a fan of a team that won't or can't spend, it's hard to it's get tough. up for this league <laughs> when you have Atlanta and Portland, LAFC, some of these other teams. You had fucking Zlatan and the Galaxy uh, earlier this year. and There's a lot of money being thrown around in some of these cities. Yeah. And meanwhile, in Houston, they still can't get a jersey sponsor. Yeah. <laughs> crazy man like crap like that you talk about like being a fan of the miami dolphins through thick and thin and i mentioned having an affection towards the browns i i'm like whatever the opposite of a bandwagon fan is like i started liking them because they were so bad it was fun to watch um i just like punishing myself because after the dolphins my next favorite team to watch and follow is the lions like let me just be punished all day long by every game I watch. Um, yeah, I'm a Spurs fan, a Packers fan, a Tottenham fan. I, I'm fair weather all the way. Um, but if you're a fan of Houston, of FC Dallas, of you know going outside of that Colorado or Real Salt Lake, like these ownerships don't have the money to spend or have historically not spent that money. Mm-hmm. Um, 
like the Rapids, if I'm not mistaken, are all owned by Stan Kroenke through his son-in-law or something like that. Or, uh, it's the same yeah. family. And yeah. so, you know, they have that NFL money. Like, why aren't they spending it on players? And why? It's hard, man. It's hard to get up for some of these. I Sorry, I just had a revelation about an NFL no. article I had read over the week, the last few days. <laughs> that makes so much more sense that Kroenke and... I guess they had flown all the Rams players and their families and extended families to Colorado Springs to get away from the wildfires. So, and Kroenke had fronted the money to pay for all the flights and the lodging and everything. I didn't even think about the fact that that's a good place for them to go. He could have flown them to St. Louis. (laughs) I don't know that the reception there would have been that great. (laughs) Just might have been a little bad. They wouldn't have noticed. Um, anyway, I, I don't have a huge revelation to make with this point, but every year that it comes out, it's just a reminder that um, there's a reason why Spurs Sports and Entertainment and why some of these other ownership groups are able to potentially buy into it. And it's because right now it's not worth that much. And there's a huge gulf between the top teams and the bottom teams. Those are really the two takeaways for me. Um. I have a segue here that's not on your list and not on our list together. Um, This week, um, Merritt Paulson um, had an interview with ESPN um, at MLS transfers was tweeting about it. And Merritt Paulson said that the the Timbers spend $2 million a year to run T2 covering all their expenses. Damn. Um, Taylor Twelman happened to, pop into the conversation on that one and said that most USL clubs are spending between 1.2 and 2.1 million dollars um, on average on the flip side of that Mickey Thompson also chimed in and said that he's got a source that says that most teams are spending upwards of five on the low to mid mid end of the table in USL so there's like some big discrepancies here in numbers anywhere from one to five million just on the low to mid end of the table here I don't know Five million seems really high to me. Um, well, it Mickey mentioned that Phoenix and Cincy and several other teams are spending significantly more than that five million dollars um, mm-hmm. to run their teams and and cover everything. Oh, he updated that. Harry says he's losing two million dollars. Uh, oh, that makes more that makes sense. A lot more sense. <laughs> that was not what I read originally. He's spending more than the two million dollars. Oh. Oh, hey, he unblocked me. <laughs> That, that, was makes a, that makes a whole lot more sense than what I was reading before. <laughs> um, I should also mention that Mickey's quote was that the four to five million dollars is what independent teams are spending. Hmm. That may be important to this conversation as well. I think, I mean, that's not so much of a surprise. <laughs> like, it I, sounds about right to me. I remember getting buried at the beginning of 2017 or 2018, whenever it was that I said it, but getting buried for saying that most teams are losing money and to have an owner come out and say it, that makes me happy. <laughs> but Hell, it uh, looks like most of the MLS teams are losing money in the bottom I mean, half of the, the valuation chart here. I mean, you look at the teams who are doing well, you look at Atlanta, for example, or NYC, and the MLS team is not their main squeeze. Like they're able to spend money on it because they're not relying on that as their income. 
uh, you look at FC Dallas or Houston or Columbus uh, in the previous tenureship, um, that, that wasn't the case. And I don't know, man. I, I don't think San Antonio FC is in any danger by any means. I don't no. think Austin Bold will be in any danger. Um, they both have significant incomes coming from their other businesses, um, but I don't think they're going to be making money anytime soon. I don't think San Antonio FC is making money from everything I've seen, the, the math that I've done in my head. Um, not in my head. That would be completely wrong. But anyway. No, you're not wrong. I, I don't think it's there. If there is profit, it's very, very, very little at this point. Um, and that goes for most teams, I would think. But yeah, I don't see any danger with San Antonio or Austin. They've both got good backing behind the teams yeah. um, with plenty of money involved with those owners. So I think they'll be safe. Oh, yeah. It's there's a difference between losing money and going to shut down. Yeah. Going broke. Yeah. No, it's big uh, difference here. When you're expecting to not make money out of the gate, it's completely understandable. And I'm sure the Spurs and I'm sure Bobby Epstein, they, none of them were expecting to make money um, just on its own. So we'll see the Austin Baldwin's interesting. Just given the land, um, situation the fact that they own that entire area where the stadium is um it was an empty field like there was nothing there it was a mud pit after it rained where they're putting this this uh field at so So they're just worrying about player salaries and front office salaries and to open the gates uh pretty much days that's a good situation to be in do we have U.S. Nope. Men's National Team. Yeah, I, I, got, yeah, I know I got a soft topic there a little no, bit, but we were good. talking money, so. I, I love whenever that gets brought up because I remember getting fucking buried on social media because I said that most teams don't make money and that's okay with them. Um, vindication. <laughs> Thank you, Merritt. Um, U.S. Men's National Team playing in England tomorrow at 2 p.m., Thursday at 2 p.m., um, then at Italy Tuesday at 1.45 p.m. I know the England game is on ESPN. I'm not sure about the Italy game on Tuesday, but... Um, the England game's a pretty big deal. Yeah. What are, what are your thoughts on it? Well, I mean, I'm pretty damn stoked that I think we're going to see Wayne Rooney and Harry Kane and all the... We're going to see a good England team show up for this game. Is Wayne Rooney playing? I thought he was just there to get... No! They're letting him start no yes it's they're 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 saying that this match is a charity match and a farewell to wayne rooney they're having him start the damn game oh yes. my god yes i thought he was just there like no was. <laughs> oh, he's, he's gonna be on the damn field appearance. oh my god <laughs> Well, Harry Kane, Deli Ali, Jesse Lingard. It's going to be a hell of a game. <laughs> and I'm off tomorrow so I can watch it. I can't <laughs> wait to great. watch this, man. I cannot wait to watch that. Um, jokes aside, because he has no business playing for England anymore, but he killed it for <laughs> DC this past year. Uh, yeah. And I respect him because he had a quote this week saying something along the lines of, um, 
he wasn't basically he's the anti-Zlatan where he wasn't going to come and then leave immediately and that he was committed to playing out in DC and I respect that a lot uh I know Wayne Rooney might not be the uh pillar of respect but um uh, off the field but uh man that's exciting I'm excited to see that um on the other side of the ball we will we're expecting to see Christian Pulisic um Tyler Adams, uh, just the Weston whole McKinney. Yeah, Weston we should McKinney. be getting, we should be getting the whole rundown here. It should be, it should be a great game. It's shaping up to be a great game. It really is. I, I have no faith that the U.S. men's national team will ever put on a great game. <laughs> I just go in hoping for the best. Um, okay, so let me. It's gonna be a massacre, but there's gonna be tons <laughs> of talent on the field. It's gonna be amazing. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, <laughs> I'm really. I was excited before I heard the Wayne Rooney thing from you just now. So I'm even more excited now. Holy crap! That's I I wish we had a full time coach for this game. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully we're getting closer to that. There was some news that we're not going to really cover tonight, but um, there's discussion that uh, Greg Berghalter was interviewed and is looking like he's going to be the next coach of the U.S. men's national team, which I'm all for. He's killed it in Columbus yeah. and all of that. But the sketchy part was that they, who they didn't interview, which was basically everybody else. And so um, – We'll have to cover this on another episode. Yeah. Once, once, yeah, we, have a, once yeah. we have a hiring, we can talk about this more in depth. Yeah. Um, but, but, no, I'm excited about this, watching this game tomorrow. I, I saw the preview for it, and I was reading through it, and I was like, wait. This is this is really happening tomorrow. I'm I'm watching this. This is happening. It's gonna be good. Um, it's gonna be a fun match to watch at least. That's crazy. I yeah. love it. I'm excited for this midfield on the U.S. side with Pulisic and McKinney and Adams. Hopefully, all playing. Um, Tim Way. Yeah, there's there's some good good things happening in that midfield. We need. I I'm so sick. I'm looking at a. Uh, Stars and Stripes FC's projected lineup, and they've got Bobby Wood as their starting striker. And I just, I'm so sick of Bobby Wood, man. <laughs> like, I don't think he's going anywhere anytime soon. Josh Sargent or bust. Um, anyway, 2 p.m. Thursday. Excited to watch that. Anything else you want to talk about tonight before we call it a night on this surprisingly long off-season episode? No. I think we did it. We're back, folks. We're, We're back. back. Yeah, hopefully we'll be coming. Well, let me look at the calendar real quick. Next week it's uh, Thanksgiving, but we should be able to crank one out, I think. I don't see Somewhere any... in there we'll find time, hopefully. Yeah. It might be Tuesday or Wednesday. I don't know. Probably not Thanksgiving night, but yeah, we'll get it done. So hopefully we'll be back weekly. Maybe Wednesdays instead of Thursdays from now on. Just uh, follow us on social media at LarryLeathers87 and at Kyle underscore Mankey. We'll keep you posted. Um, whoops, I forgot to do this at the top of the show. Maybe I'll superimpose it or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out. Um, but we are excited to still be part of the Beautiful Game Network. Um, thank you to them for everything that they've done this year and helping us get the show up on the internet and keep it up there for dozens of people to see or watch. <laughs> oh, listen, man. Oh, I've done so well this episode, too. 
Thanks also to our sponsor, Roughneck Scarves, official scarf supplier to MLS, USL, and US Soccer. You can get custom scarves for your group or team at roughneckscarves.com. That's R-U-F-F neckscarves.com. Um, Larry, anything else before we call it a night? I think that's it. Thanks for showing back up, everybody. Hopefully you'll be seeing us on a weekly basis going forward here. Here we go. All right, guys. We'll see you next week. Thank you. Bye.